0: Welcome, I'm Michael Wood.
1: And I am Aaron Ryman from WP Square One, and I'm here today, or we're here today, with Michael Heileman. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Doing well. Um, Michael is known in the WordPress community as the guy that wrote uh, Kubrick, uh, which is no longer uh, in WordPress, but it was uh, in WordPress for... I would say probably five or more uh, years, but uh, Michael, go ahead and tell us a little about yourself.
2: All right, yeah, I think it was actually uh, almost six years it was the the default theme uh, in WordPress, and I was kind of praying every year that it would find its way out because I, I felt like it was getting a little long in the tooth there uh, near the end, so um, yeah. Um, yeah, so myself, uh, where to begin? Um, uh, I'm Danish, I grew up in Denmark. Uh, today I live in New York. Um, uh, some time ago, now it feels like a, a lifetime ago, I uh, discovered WordPress kind of very early on, um, actually when it first got released. I think I was one of the very first users um, and kind of got involved with, with that whole uh, community for, for a few years and uh, wrote some templates for it, um, got involved with some open source stuff, uh, kind of found a way to flex my muscles in, in um, programming and design uh, and stuff like that. And then from there, kind of went off and uh, somehow ended up working in the, I don't know for lack of a better word, the online publishing industry, if you will. Um, and that's, that's what I'm doing today.
1: Cool. Well, how did you, how did you start off, um, you know, digging into to WordPress? Were you just looking for a, a blogging system? Yeah,
2: essentially. Um, so back this, this is going back to, I want to say, 99 or 2000 even um, where blogging was kind of beginning to take off as a thing and there were a bunch of um, platforms out there uh, really uh, not actually platforms even more kind of like small tools you could install in your server and they could kind of function as a blogging uh, CMS and um, uh, WordPress wasn't really out at the time um, but there was another uh, platform that um, was called B2 I want to say. Yep. Um, I feel like I'm so old by now, I can't even remember. Uh, where <laughs> it began. Um, But that was around, and but it was kind of dying out. And uh, I think Matt, uh, Matt Monweg, um had, uh, I think he announced that he wanted to, to pick this up. And, and uh, one of the things that made me really interested, which is kind of a funny little detail by now, but it kind of shows you how details matter, was that he wanted to include smart punctuation and stuff like that. Um, uh, in there as kind of a, a little extra feature, and I loved stuff like that. So caught my eye, and then uh, after it launched, I just kind of got involved with it.
1: Nice. And what were you doing? I was, I was looking at your, um, what is it? Uh, I guess, what is the binary?
2: Um... Binary Bonsai?
1: Yes, <laughs> that website, <laughs> uh, which we'll have a link to. Um, and you started off uh, very similar to me, I think. Uh, did my first HTML uh, in 1996. Um, before that, was doing uh, BBS stuff like in high school. Uh, for yeah. me, you seem to have this like a similar uh, uh, background uh, as me.
2: Yeah, that's right. I um, so way back, I don't even know when. This- Probably around the same time, maybe, maybe ninety four, ninety five, something like that. Um, I actually had a BBS as well. I ran out of my my parents' basement in uh, in Denmark. Nice. Uh, which, uh, much to their consternation, uh, they had to buy a second phone line so I could run that, so people didn't call up and, and try to talk to my, my modem. Um, that was fun, and I kind of I was doing that for a while. FidoNet, if anybody's familiar with that, uh, that kind of yep. thing. Um, and then uh, the web kind of slowly began um, uh, making its, its presence known. We did small, like we would have these LAN parties and we would do kind of internal little infranets essentially, um, where, I don't know, you could probably mostly download uh, pirated software and stuff like that. But uh, that was kind of where we began to get to kind of have HTML play with it and understand what it was and how you could how you could use it for various things because the web wasn't super like it wasn't really that big and it it took there weren't a lot of consumer companies that you could go to and and, and get um, whatever you needed like in terms of a subscription and the equipment to get online with your computer so we you actually had to uh, go through at one time the university um, in in Copenhagen uh, to to get online it was it took a few years before that kind of became available to, to the normal consumer um and then uh, once once it kind of started rolling uh, rolling out this was this thing this skill set that we had picked up me and, and the various friends that i had and um, somehow there's something really empowering about being able to um, sit down with the text editor and then build something you could put on and everybody could have access to it even if it was a little bit more difficult then than it is now because uh, you kind of have to figure out all the server stuff and setting up domains and whatnot which is uh whole different story, but that's kind of how it got started.
1: Yeah. Very similar here, uh, in Atlanta, um, there was a thing called peach net, um, and you could dial in and it was just dialing up, um, you know, using, uh, I can't even remember what it's called, like a terminal, uh, application um, it would connect you to the internet and then you were just kind of like okay what do I do now um, you know it was kind of pre-browser uh, in the aspect of there was no GUI it was uh, you know using links um, stuff like yeah. that it's, it has it has changed um, in I guess insanely um, over the years so and yes I feel I feel old even though I'm I know I'm not really <laughs> that old. <laughs> But um, so you moved um, kind of from doing some little HTML stuff and then, then you moved, you found uh, B2, which for the people that don't know, um, WordPress is a fork of a uh, software called B2 um, and it was kind of a dying, what was it? I'm sorry? P, P2.
0: b As in the letter P, as in person. I thought it
2: was B2. I think it's B2. Is it? Yeah. yeah, I think P two I think is a is a template. Is that right for, for this uh, template? I see. Okay. Um, somebody, somebody, get a fact checker on that.
1: Uh, I'm pretty. Uh-huh. sure... Yeah, I think it, I think it's B two. Nonetheless, it it was forked um, because it was kind of dying, and so um, you wound up using uh, uh, B two. Or did you start off with B two? or Did you start off with WordPress?
2: That's a good question. I think I. Um, I think I tried installing B2, but I don't remember if I used it a lot. Um, Okay. It's been so long. I mean, the the interesting thing was that at the time, I had a site kind of prior to any kind of CMS uh, that was just pure hand-woven HTML, which I ported into somebody else's um, completely uh, random, um, very simple CMS, which I then ported into probably into B2, which I then moved into WordPress and kind of on and on. Um, uh, which I still have a, uh, I have a version of it, an archive of it on my, my Squarespace site today, uh, which still has the archives from way back when. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a long rocky road for that content, which is probably not worth keeping around anyway, but <laughs> here it is.
1: Well, I still have a copy of a website I did in 96. Um, and I keep it up there just cause it's funny, uh, because I like to be able to see how it has, uh, How's it? I just kind of transformed into something that's more, much more functional um, than what we had yeah, to.
2: Those tables in there.
1: Uh, tables and um, you remember when you had uh, frames that would uh, like your menu would be on one frame and then the yeah. content would be on the other. So that's that was kind of how I started. It was like Netscape two Super old school, you know. You have to have a little uh, graphic on there that says "best viewed in Netscape." So. Yeah,
2: yeah, obviously, uh, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, how could <good> people know? <laughs> uh, but it was, it was a good time because of it was simple enough um, to to get on, kind of get involved with it. You didn't have to go get an engineering degree. To, to understand how to write a website, even even with kind of, you know, quote-unquote advanced stuff like frames and stuff like that, which is one of the things I've always really valued about the web. And it's it's a little bit different today. It's a little, little harder to actually even do basic stuff just because it's very easy to get sidelined by all the all the tools that are available and stuff like that. But back then it was a little bit more simple and pure.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I remember using edit.com uh, like the command line editor uh, in Windows, um, or not even in Windows, sorry. I was using it in DOS, um, so it was pretty pretty old school. I'm sure Notepad existed uh, at that point, but I uh, never really used it. So, but um, anyway, sorry, go ahead, Micah.
0: Yeah, well, I was just curious. So, uh, you know, talking about Kubrick and, and all of that, I was curious, how did you get into... Creating the default WordPress theme. Did Kubrick exist before the need for a default theme, or you know which came first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Care um, the egg? So,
2: yeah. <laughs> so how did I get into? It? That's a good question. I think um, where to begin. So prior to prior to this period, I was living in Scotland uh, at the time. I was studying uh, up there, and um, I had prior to that worked at a small. Uh, web agency or kind of multimedia agency, I guess, in, in Aalborg in Denmark, um, and had, had done some websites and stuff, including uh, one for uh, the band Aqua, if you're familiar. And um, out of that, um, I would always had, I always kind of been playing around with the web in various forms. And when when blogging kind of became a thing, um, and um, you, you had, essentially you had personal websites, there was kind of this. Um, there's kind of a need to be able to to do something that looked nice as well. And, and with all the all due respect to kind of the, the existing template at the time, it, it just had some things in it that I didn't really enjoy. That it had really long line lengths. Um, it was I didn't love the colors on it and stuff like that. So I wanted something that was a little simpler. Uh, and I happened to have the skill set to to go and, and do that. So I just I was playing around with that. But it, and that was kind of. That's a simplification, I guess. I go over a a bunch of different smaller templates before I I kind of um, wrote Kubrick uh, and and kind of put that out in the world. Um, So I had kind of done a couple of versions of it, and then finally made Kubrick, which was uh, trying to summarize all the all the things I'd learned. And I was also at the time kind of picking up um, kind of best practices for for kind of information design and stuff like that, trying to make it a little bit more human, trying to give it a little bit more a sense of, um, I don't know, approachability. Um, and yeah, that was kind of my my way of futzing about both with kind of the web technologies of the time as well as uh, kind of building up my skill set to, to uh, become a designer, I guess. Uh, prior to that, I don't know that I would call myself a designer, more of a kind of a tinkerer, so, so that was kind of the, the impetus for it. Um, just wanting something that, that looked really nice rather than something that was just functional. Um, and it, it got built, and I actually forget the exact timeline at this point. I could probably dig it up somewhere, but um, I think it was out for a year, year and a half, maybe before it, it came in and became the, the default template in WordPress. Because um, I remember putting out a number of versions. And, and in that period, it became... It kind of went, I I can't really explain why, Uh, I think just because WordPress was kind of taking off at the time and um, this happened to be uh, a template that people could kind of relate to. It was really taking off in popularity and I ended up spending a really significant amount of my spare time just trying to kind of support it and keep it up to date um, and, and fix bugs and whatnot and answer people's random emails, um, which strangely, um, it's been a while since I had a Kubrick one, but, but people will find you in the weirdest places and even today will kind of seek you out if you have something like that and they have a website that's really old and they'll kind of uh, figure out where do you work and call the work up and, and get on the phone with you and go, hey, I have a weird problem with this thing that you made 10 years ago, <laughs> which is great. I, I really enjoy the enthusiasm, but I don't know that I could even answer the questions now if I, if I wanted to.
1: Well, I uh, had a client—or not a client—a um, person um, hunt me down and call me on a Sunday morning about one of the plugins that I wrote, and I was like, "Wow, how did they find my cell phone number?" Uh, and on a Sunday morning, um, but nonetheless, I—I um, I get it. You get—you get, you get uh, called uh, from just random random places, random people. Um, But how did you, so now when you submit a theme, there's, I mean, there's a process, there's a a vetting process. Um, Was there a vetting process at all with Kubrick or did you just say, hey, I've got this thing, can you guys put it somewhere?
2: No, there was, there was no, process at all. There wasn't. I don't think there was a lot of process for a lot of things uh, at the time. It was much more kind of uh, scrappy and, and do it Um And in this case, it was actually Matt who reached out and asked if um, if uh, I would be okay with, with them using it, which I was. I was I was, uh, I was working on a bunch of stuff around WordPress anyway, so it was it's kind of cool. Uh, and WordPress was also a lot smaller at the time than than it is even today, right? So while it was it was cool, it wasn't necessarily kind of wow millions of people are going to see it um so you know just to put that into context but uh, but that's kind of how it happened and um and then from there it just kind of went in there and then after after it went into um into wordpress proper uh, i essentially stepped away from it because i just kind of at the time i had had enough of looking at it and and having to deal with the support of it and whatnot uh so i just kind of stepped away from it for a while and, and didn't do anything uh Because I I I needed to kind of cleanse my mind a little bit.
1: Understood. Did you just was that like you know five year five six um, you know when you did that or did that happen kind of early on?
2: Uh, Say that again.
1: Did like did you have it uh, in core uh, you know or not in core but was it the primary theme for about a year and then you stepped away or? Um,
2: That's a good question. I don't remember. I think it was actually pretty early on because I, I, and at the time I was also, I was working full time, um, as, a, as a designer at a game company and, uh, I, I was really trying to focus on that as well. So uh, I think it was actually pretty early on after it, it got put into WordPress proper, um, that I was like, okay, I'm just going to step away from this and focus on my, my day job. Um, and then for a while I, I kind of didn't didn't touch it a lot. Uh, And then by the time I kind of got the craving for wanting to have a big project again, I I went off and did K2 instead. Um, I think that was kind of the the process
1: for it. Nice. That might be a good uh, segue. Can we jump over uh, to your uh, day job?
2: (laughs) At the time or now?
1: Uh, Either, both. Whichever. What do you? Right. Yeah. What do you? Uh, what were you doing? I guess uh, you know years ago, and what are you doing now? Because it's kind of interesting that you're uh, not in the WordPress community, um, you know, on a regular regular basis.
2: Yeah. I mean, so it's kind of a it's been a fun, weird, strange journey. I mean, the um, when when I was doing this, I was I was living in Copenhagen and I was working at a gaming company called IO Interactive, uh, which does uh, games like Hitman. Um, and, uh, I was a level designer, graphic designer, um, stuff like that. And I was kind of focusing on that. I did not really have any, um, I, I'd done some kind of some prior work in, in the web, um, while I was studying, uh, but I didn't really have a, a drive to go and get into, uh, I don't know, the, the web for, for lack of a better word. The tech industry wasn't as bigger thing as it is today um back then and denmark wasn't necessarily the the place you wanted to to do that anyway so having um having a good job at a good gaming company the only real game company that was in denmark at the time anyway um was was cool and, and kind of enough for me so um so that was kind of what the situation was then and then after um after a while, uh, having done that, I got tired of the game industry, which is a whole different thing and, and not uh, uh, fun to have tried, but also kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I, I think I, I want to go find something else. and kind of got um, um, interested in doing some more stuff with regards to the web or, or uh, apps or tech and stuff like that. So um, I started a small kind of a consultancy agency that I had for a little bit, but it didn't last super long because based on my WordPress work and um, some other work that I did for a CMS called Habari, if any of you are familiar, um, I ended up talking to Anthony, who's the CEO of Squarespace, um, and he invited me to come over and and see the company, talk to some people, uh, which is in New York, um, which I did, and... Now I'm here. <laughs> so uh, I joined in 2010 as the uh, Director of User Interface. Uh, today, I am the VP of product design. Um, and um, yeah, still chugging along.
0: Cool. So I'm I'm curious, as, <clears throat> as far as uh, Kubrick and K2 and some of these other things, um, so I particularly had uh, some development work I had done early on in my career that really helped bolster visibility and actually got me my first real job as my family called it. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious what, uh, how much did Kubrick or K2 or any of these other things that you've built kind of help you get ahead or make connections to get to where you are today?
2: Oh, a, a lot. I think without a doubt, um, I don't know that Kubrick itself necessarily is, is why I'm where I am in terms of, other people. I, I'll tell you kind of how I think what 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 cost me to end up at at Squarespace was partially that, but also the work that I'd done on habari which was um, it's another CMS. I think it's actually still around, but um, I haven't I haven't looked at it for a long time. Um, but I made the um, I designed the management interface for that, um, and uh, just because it was there was a kind of an opportunity to. Create a management interface from scratch for for kind of a at the time anyway a, a modern CMS, and um, for some odd reason, who knows how these things happen, I was really drawn to that, and I, I thought that was uh, that was like kind of an amazing challenge to, to take on. So, so I did that, and that's what Anthony uh, ended up seeing. So, um, and I, he probably saw some other stuff too, but I think that was really kind of what what intrigued him because we have very, I think, similar thoughts on. Um, how, easy should something, some, how easy should something like this be to use? Um, what's the aesthetics of it? Um, how how should you kind of present certain things to to people and whatnot? So, um, so he kind of saw that. But I think outside of that, it's what's interesting is um, I wouldn't have ended up doing that if I hadn't done the other thing. So, finding finding um, kind of a thing that that I really love doing um, and that I found. Um, you know, it's, it's hard for me today. Now I have a son, uh, a very uh, challenging job. So there's a lot of uh, things that kind of steal my time, but, um, 10, what is it? 10, 15 years ago, it was a little bit easier to, to take some time out at night on weekends to, to work on these things. And that's kind of where I found the time to, to work on Kubrick and K2 and, and a couple of other projects as well. And finding that, that kind of thing that, um, that you always want to do, even though you're you're tired after a long day at work, um, I think was probably what actually ended up kind of driving driving me and driving my career in many ways. Um, not that that I didn't like my day job as well, but but that made it kind of possible for me to um, explore a new skill set and explore um, a, a technology and a platform that was um, new um, and kind of. Nobody had really been there before, um, so there was a lot of kind of unexplored territory that you could kind of mean field that you could go and, and uh, uh, figure out. So uh, this is like a, a longer circuitous uh, rant. Um, I forgot so, who came in, <laughs> but, yeah, but whatever. So,
1: I'm sorry. What?
0: It sounds. I'm sorry. It sounds like. Um, it sounds like you were kind of jumping into. The not just design aspects, but really focused on more of the UX at a time when
2: UX wasn't really a thing per se that people focused on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in some ways, I think so, but I think I think design has kind of evolved in a way where there's 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 a need now for uh, more specialization, especially as companies scale out and, and have to figure out how to how to hire enough people to do everything well enough. Um, but I think UX, you know, it was, it was a thing. I think at, certainly at Apple it was, but not necessarily in the way—not um, necessarily in the way that we think about it today, where it's, it's kind of separate from UI design, for instance, or information architecture, all these other things. Um, it was more that design as a whole was something that um, you rarely kind of thought about when it came to software um, outside of. Um, maybe the, the best example would be outside of the visuals of something like macOS and, and kind of that, that aqua look. Um, but the way that they, the way that Apple, I think, certainly thought about that and the way that a couple of other uh, companies um, kind of looked at design was beginning to show that there was like a human side to it. It wasn't just a matter of kind of hitting functional points, it was also a matter of um, Taking things and making them a little bit more humanistic. Um, so, uh, the iMac, um, Mac was a whole iPod, but not. Um, and, and a lot of that was kind of the inspiration that, that I I found that, that made me want to go and apply the same kind of thinking to, to various other things. And the opportunity just happened to be the web because that was available. You didn't have to do anything, you didn't have to learn a lot of deep programming to kind of get in there. Um, so, I think. Forget where I came from, but that was like, that was the drive that that ended up kind of um, pushing me into that that general space was how do we how do we take something that is uh, really anybody should be able to, to publish online? How do we do that in a way that's also uh, approachable, human, and feels feels nice? Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the start of it.
0: Which sounds exactly like what Squarespace does is. Yeah, try to make it a point. Exactly. I would say,
1: I mean, that is one of the things that WordPress has grown very quickly, very fast. Um, Although it has been, I mean, it's been 15 years, um, you know, but it has grown and developed. um, And I think now WordPress is having um, this whole shift, I think, uh, towards the thinking that you were just talking about. Um, I mean, that's why something like a tiny MCE, the editor within WordPress is being, uh, booted. Um, just because you look at something like Squarespace, um, and you can make something look pretty, really good, relatively easily um and i think uh with things like gutenberg coming out uh, wordpress is trying to evolve and try to fit into that type of space where you can uh not be quite as controlled, um, you know, with with WordPress traditionally. I mean, now with all the plugins and page builders and all that stuff, you can do a you can do a lot. But I mean, the core, you know, you have a, a header, a body, and a footer, um, you know. And we're trying, we meaning WordPress, in just in general, is trying to morph and make it where it's a little more independent. Um, you know where a module doesn't necessarily have to live within just the body of the page; it could be moved somewhere. I mean, I think that's the the way we're we're going. Um, correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's interesting to kind of, uh, and I should say, um, I don't follow WordPress super closely uh, these days. Um, and, you know, so I don't have a good sense of where where it's at um, per se. But I obviously. Pay a lot of attention to where we are but um so i can i can speak to my perception of some of that um, i think what's what's kind of interesting with um computers uh and the internet and whatnot over the past say 15 to 20 years maybe 15 years in particular um is Back, back in the day, um, when you sat down to use your computer, it was kind of a big thing. You had to turn it on, it took a couple of minutes, you would go get coffee while it turned on, um, and often you'd have to dial up to the internet and whatnot. Um, so using a computer was a very, very different thing than it is today when everybody has a smartphone in their pocket. And the way that we interact with pretty much everything um, through, through our computers is... Very, very different. Um, depending, it's not that we've gotten rid of desktop computers either, but but we have the smartphone, and it's it's driving. I think the, the majority of our downtime, um, our, our downtime computing, um, and the the expectations that that's kind of um, the way that that's moved. The expectations is from um, if you go back and look at a lot of the old kind of the, the big old blogs. Uh, and the big old websites, they're so much more complicated than anything uh, that you see in general today, where um, you would have these massive sidebars, multiple sidebars. You know, you'd know, you have three sidebars just to contain all of the content that you had, um, blog rolls, links, searches, uh, social profiles, and whatnot. Some of that's still around, but less and less so, because... Um, really people's attention uh is uh, very much shorter uh the screen that they have to view it on is actually practically a lot smaller um so it it kind of forces it's like this forcing function that forces everything to become more simple um which is actually really nice from a designer's kind of point of view uh, because it makes it possible to kind of say no to some things that you don't otherwise or that you otherwise might say yeah let's just include that because that's that's necessary but when you're forcing everything through um kind of the smartphone and the smartphone culture, if you will, uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to make decisions that, that kind of fall on the simple side. And um, and I think that, that that's kind of where at least I, I think a lot of this is heading, um, uh, both in terms of online publishing but also online consumption. And, yeah, that, that, that makes me happy because I do think some of the some of the tendencies that were around when, when it became possible uh, to to build your own websites and have the CMS was you would just keep layering on, you know, and, and I, um, certainly I when I had my uh, site on WordPress back in in the day, I had a lot of plugins because there's a lot of cool stuff you can do and you can bring in all this other stuff, but it just makes for a very confusing kind of overall site and, and experience. Um, so, um, while I think there's still, this is something, something kind of interesting in, in bringing it together, kind of integrating across multiple things. Um, I, I think that forcing function is, is one of the best things that's happened in computing, um, at least as a as a consumer. Both in, in terms of um, maybe primarily in terms of websites, I, I think it's nice to kind of see that that evolution. I agree.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking back. <clears throat> um, I remember my first WordPress plugin that I created. It started out as something very simple, and then uh, some people started to use it, and you know, I started slowly adding features. And then more and more people started using it, and more and more people wanted features, and I added features faster and faster until so it became this amorphous blob of, you know, stuff that just is very bloated. Um, <clears throat> so. I'm very curious and you don't have to give any trade secrets or anything away, but just kind of now looking back at, you know, all of your experience, you know, what are the, what are the kind of like you were just talking about a little bit, but what are the lens through which you see whether or not features should be added or shouldn't be added?
2: That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's the whole trick. It's, <laughs> it's very hard. I think um, often, you know, we're, we love features. We we love functionality, um, and we um, the, the the trick when you're um, when you're so familiar with the the web and, and uh, its capabilities um, on the one hand, and on the other hand, um, you can think about a whole bunch of things and and execute on them. It becomes really really hard to figure out well what of these things should we be doing and what should we be saying no to. Um, and, and add on top of that, um, and this is just kind of speaking from the CMS point of view. But uh, adding on top of that, the the fact that the web is an extremely malleable medium uh, to the point where sometimes it's it it it's much more malleable than it's easy to build a great user experience around it. Um, so so it's a really complicated um, kind of. Uh, decision funnel, if you will, um, it's, um, ultimately we kind of look at it as we, we'd like to, for everybody to be able to go, um, to Squarespace and to build a website. Um, uh, so if you have an idea, uh, if you have a business, you want to, you want to launch or run, um, you should be able to just go to squarespace.com, sign up and, and build a website. And, um, it's also fine. Like we also want to, uh, create a platform that, um, embraces the people who are like us, who have deep understanding, um, who are willing to go a little bit further, uh, and who um, are kind of okay with working um, a little bit longer to create exactly what they want. And those are kind of like the two extremes that that we, we'd we like to cater to. Um, and finding the balance between that can, can be really difficult, but uh, ultimately, the, the market is... Bigger at one end than it is at the other, so that determines a little bit of, of how we think about it. Um, and some things, um, you know, it, it just requires uh, it either can't be done or it requires a tremendous amount of work to bring something really complicated um, up to the kind of the, the biggest uh, part of the audience. And um, so that that dictates a little bit of where you can where you can draw a line. And and that kind of leaves everything that is um, either easy to make available for people or super valuable to make available for people uh, in, in general. And that begins to kind of uh, tighten the, the decision funnel a little bit. Um, so, so that's kind of some of it. Then there's kind of like just thinking about what do we, what do we think people should be worried about when they're building a website? Um, how do we help them think about what a website is? Um, a good website looks like not just in terms of stuff like seo and whatnot but in terms of what kind of stuff should you be putting on your front page versus your other pages um how what kind of uh, materials do you need do normal people you know put up with normal people uh they are out there in the world um do they have access to the kind of content that um that we would like for them to have access to uh sometimes it's a little hard to have great photography or great writing so, what can we do to kind of help facilitate their process? From I don't know anything about a, building a website, or I know very little, and I've seen some examples of cool websites that I like. How do we facilitate that going into um, actually building a website? Um, and you yeah, know, that's like a uh, it's like a messy messy process, but but that's kind of like the the hardest part of it. And that's that's where we focus most of our energy. Um, and then also trying to make it something that we want to build websites with as well, which is, which is even harder. Yeah, it
0: sounds interesting because it's not just about making the right decisions for features for your your product, but it's also about helping other people make the right decisions for features for their own sites.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, everybody... Um, we want to. We don't want to take uh, kind of the the um, power of expression away from people. If if you want to do something and you know you want to do it, you should be able to do it. Um, but at the same time, um, it's it's a little bit like having. So like you don't know that it's a bad idea. So how do we how do we help kind of your understanding of what what's good and what's bad? Uh, and and that's probably the the trickier part. Um, and it's it's okay. sometimes it's hard when. If if customers are asking for something that we know is inherently not a good idea, then we have to kind of think about: well, do we do we do that anyway, or do we figure out how to tell them that it's not a good idea, or is there a kind of a third way where what they're really looking for is something that's a little bit different, um, and they just haven't, they just don't know kind of how to ask for it, um, and kind of navigating that minefield can be
1: can be interesting. The uh, guys at Thirty Seven Signal, are you familiar with them? Yeah, their their uh, response is always yeah. no. You need a feature, no. Um, but it is it is hard to tell a client, you don't want that. Um, it just um, they just see it as a dire need, you know, to have this uh, big button, you know, that's flashing, you know, um, and it is difficult to guide people, uh, put them in yeah. the right, uh, <laughs> send them in the right direction. I'm sure, as a UX guy. Um, Probably drives you crazy a lot more than uh, it would drive me crazy. So,
2: yeah, I mean, I think it's also um, you know, it's it's. I think it's fair for people to to want something like a big flashing button because obviously it'll draw attention to itself. Um, and while that's probably that could probably be be argued a little bit more effectively, there are some of those decisions that are just. It's really hard to explain, kind of what the subtle effects of something can be. Outside of, of really deploying, um, you know, measuring it or running research against it, um, so and, and we kind of do it at scale. So, so that that does become a little, little bit more, um, a little harder to do. But, but that's, yeah that's that's the whole trick. Uh, but I think ultimately, um, it's about kind of building building trust. And that if people, uh, similarly, if you're working with clients. If they trust you um, to to be feeding them uh, correct information, having thought about something really deeply and being a domain expert, then hopefully they'll they'll trust you to kind of on the on the smaller things as well, um, and you can get out of the the big blinking button. Understood. Space.
1: Well, um, let me uh, ask you one question, um, and. Uh, I know your path and my path are similar, uh, but you're, you know, not in the WordPress, uh, space per se, but this, I think still applies. Um, uh, you know, what piece of advice would you give someone that wants to follow, um, not necessarily your footsteps per, you know, exactly, but I mean, uh, you know, what advice would you give someone that's trying to learn something new, um, and, uh, Get kind of get into a career doing that. What type of advice would you give them?
2: Oh that's hard. Um, you know, I, I think I think first and foremost, uh, if it's something that that you care a lot about, it's it's really it's really just about persistence from from there on out, which I think is terrible advice, but but really kind of the best um, or the, the most true. <laughs> anyway. I think a lot of um, a lot of what's what's um, where I've been fortunate enough to kind of be where I am now. Um, I think the biggest thing that I can say is um, I, I applied myself as best as I could, and I, I was very persistent. Um, those were those were probably the, the two the two biggest qualities that have kind of caught in me here, uh, other than just kind of sheer luck and timing. Um, but other than that, you know, the, the, especially I think around around the web, I don't think this has really uh, fundamentally changed. Although um, it's probably a little bit harder to find the right spaces, but There's a lot of communities out in the world, and people love teaching each other um, the skills that they have. It's one of the things. Once you learn something, you're you're like you almost can't contain yourself from having to teach it to somebody else because it's really exciting. Um, And I think I think the web in particular has always kind of had that at its core. Um, uh, uh, The open source community um, that that I kind of um, was playing around in at the time was was always willing to chip in to. Answer questions, however dumb they may be, or like help contribute some code and stuff like that. And a lot of the projects that I worked on over over the years had these complete strangers would you would you would write out an idea like here I think I think this could be kind of cool, and then somebody would throw code your way, uh, and they would have spent hours on it, and no reason right? They don't get paid for it. There's nothing in it for them, but but they do it anyway because they also enjoy that part of the learning process. So I think aside from kind of persistence. Um, Finding a community um, and, and finding people who are who are kind of interested in answering questions or, or just kind of helping you get on your way or finding the right resources is is um, really kind of the the, the biggest thing. And there's also the, the web is um, not just kind of for the web, but uh, for for everything. You, there's so many resources in the world today. It's really just a matter of finding the time, you know, and the energy to to pursue something, and you could probably do just about anything. Um, on your own, if, if you had kind of the discipline for it, which I'm not sure that I do anymore. But um, yeah, that, those are those are probably my That's my my best directions on that.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, we appreciate it. Um, we'll probably about time to wrap it up here. But uh, I don't know that we actually, maybe you mentioned it at some point, but I don't know that we actually mentioned that you were the VP of product design at Squarespace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, any, uh, and so I guess anybody who wants to get a hold of you or find out more about you can go to your website, binarybonsai.com yep. you got links to your Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, so yeah. Uh, so we really were glad to have you and it was very interesting, uh, you know, hearing a little bit more of the background, uh, not just of Kubrick, but you know. Always enjoy hear hear people's origin stories. So, <laughs> uh,
2: yours is a good one. So, yeah, I, I... Um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I appreciate it. it was, it's it's always fun reminiscing about um, about the old days, um, and, and it's, also, it's also I think fun to kind of have. There's like a community there that, that keeps on growing and building and doing cool stuff, and that's that's always super uh, exciting to me. I think no matter kind of where where that kind of creativity happens, it's, it's awesome that there's a place for it. Um, and, and I got so much out of it, um, you know, in, in my time, and then hopefully, um, some of the stuff that I've built has, has, um, made it possible for other people to kind of stand on that and build, build more stuff, which is kind of the whole, uh, the whole yep, reason sounds why we're good. here.
1: Thank you. Bye.
2: All right. All right. Thanks.